So, family faith formation, RCA, both talking about confirmation, huh? Everything was happening, right? It was all confirmation. So, what did you said they asked good questions? Yeah, yeah, it was cool. So we talked. So we talked about there are the prefabricated questions, and then I was like, there were only eight. So I was like, let's 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 get a little open up some cans of worms. Ooh. And I said... Holy Spirit worms. Holy Spirit worms, which, speaking of which, the green team revealed to me that at their hospitality, there will be worms, apparently. I hope, like, dummy worms and, yeah, like, I chocolate pudding... I believe these are real worms. ...with Oreos on top. Real worms. I don't know oh, what they're no. meant to help with, but oh, no. composting or something. Anyway. Um, we'll leave that out of the hospitality announcement. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, anyway... We said, in many of the Eastern Christian communities, confirmation is given immediately after baptism, whether you're an infant or an adult. We do that at the Easter Vigil for adults. But if you're not an adult and you receive baptism, we wait. And we separate them by a pretty long way. And the question was, do you think we should adopt the Eastern custom? Why or why not? Nice. And universally, uh, well, I shouldn't say universally, I don't know, it wasn't at every single table, but when asked to show of hands, not a single person said that he or she would adopt the Eastern tradition. They would not. They would not. They oh, all, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I was hoping that there would be a little bit more pushback on like the way... Because people don't like change. Yeah. They're cowards. Well, cowards I, if you're listening to our podcast. And then, so if you agree, you're a coward. <laughs> um, so they know, I think that the, the, the kind of the big the big thought was this idea of they're still connecting confirmation and I think maybe it's a linguistic thing with English, like what does confirmation that this idea of confirming means like an active assent, you know? Yeah. And so there's still that kind of um, tie the link between the age of reason and the sacrament. And that's where a lot of people were getting hung up on. They were like, no, you gotta, you gotta really understand. Did you happen to bring up at all like restored order and how some dioceses are, are moving in that direction? I did. And, and, and there were people that were comfortable with moving confirmation forward maybe to like, they, they even said confirmation and first communion maybe could be together on the same Okay. Day. Um, which would be kind of cool to receive your first communion from a bishop. That would be cool. Um, I like that some, like the dioceses that are moving to restored order, I like that confirmation is taking place in second grade, where then first Holy communion is in third grade. So I still like there's a separation in those sacraments. Um, but I think we should go back to all three initiation sacraments at once. Do it. Let's go back to our roots. Yeah, it's cool. That's a cool thing. Yeah, the, the Orthodox do that. It's very cool. They do. It's cool. Eucharist on a spoon. I don't want to do the spoon necessarily. Well, how are you going to... Well, for the baby, that's different. That's what I'm talking but about. But I don't want to go to the intention stuff and, yeah. you know, whatever. I don't mind intention, but... I'm anyway, gonna... it's Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's confirmed. Merry Christmas. Uh, podcast listeners, uh, it's finally Christmas, and there's our tree. 
And the, and you can't see it. Oh, she's gonna turn the camera. I didn't. For those listening on or watching us on YouTube, you can see the tree now. I didn't bring my Santa hat. It's sitting in Unity Hall in a box. Oh, uh, it's all the way over there. I'm not gonna go get it. <laughs> but you've got your Gaudete Sunday I, uh, tie on, which dear listener, which it's still a, it, it's Christmas. So it's a period of rejoicing. Yes. Speaking of Gaudete Sunday, hey, dear listener, if you missed the mariachi band. Don't worry, it's a new Saint Ed's tradition. Gaudete Sunday. Yes. Mar- mariachi band at 11. La Guadalupe. La Guadalupe. These are the, the two That's Spanish my, words. That's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> but it, speaking of my name, I am Father Dominic. And I'm Paul And this is Ed Talks, where we hope to inspire saints who will inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen. So for our Christmas podcast, not to change the subject, but to completely change the subject. Yeah. Uh, I decided today, because I knew we were going to do our podcast recording, and because we planned so far ahead, today I thought, let's let's Google search like the top Google questions for Christmas. Did you have safe search on strict? I hope. I don't know what that means. Oh boy. This could be, be, be some dangerous questions to your listener. So my first one was, explain. I just wrote, explain Christmas, and then I saw it drop down. And what dropped down was, and I think this is fun, explain Christmas to a child, explain Christmas virus, I don't know what the Christmas virus is. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what the Christmas virus is. Explain Christmas festival... Explain Christmas tree. Explain Christmas to toddlers. Explain Christmas in July. I'm going to save the last one for last. But I think we could tackle some of these. That's a cliffhanger. Like, most, like, asked explain Christmas questions. So okay, let's go. Paul. Yes. We're going we're gonna to skip explain Christmas to a child. Okay. But explain the Christmas tree. Do you know where the Christmas tree comes from? So... I do not know for a fact, but I believe it's German, and I also, and you know why I believe this, is because uh, Northlight Theater up in Skokie, they did this trilogy of plays based on Jane Austen, like Christmas at Pemberley was the first one, and it was fun. It was a really fun, well done production. Anyway. That, that was a big moment, because this is obviously the early 19th century, where they haul in a tree, and they're like, what are you doing? And they're like, and they made some comment about how this is a, a thing in Germany now. And so I don't know where it comes from. Uh, it's kind of a weird thing. Well, I do know its origin. Oh, all right. But not, not well enough to tell you where in the world it okay. originated. So it came from a pagan custom around the winter solstice. So as, I don't know if any of you know this, but Christmas, a lot of our Christmas traditions, and even the choosing of the date of Christmas, had to do with us trying to Christify, to make holy, pagan cultural traditions. Um, so a re- one of the main reasons the church chose December 25th um, for Christmas to celebrate the birth of Christ is because the days start to get longer after the winter solstice. So now that the light has come into the world, we have more and more daylight as we go, right? Um, 
And there were other pagan traditions that the church wanted to Christify. Um, and one of them had to do with bringing a tree into the home. And it was some relation to the, the god of agriculture, whoever, whoever he or she may have been, um, that they were going to preserve this tree, this plant, through the winter, and that was going to bring them good luck for their crops. What a bunch of dummies. Well, you know, they're pagans. <laughs> so then the church is like, hey, wait a minute, we can totally turn this into a teaching moment of why Christ, why God became human, and that there's only one God. So instead of the tree being some, like, symbol of, of some pagan god of agriculture, no, the tree now represents the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that we're not going to take an app, a fruit from, hence the ornaments. Um, we're not going to take it because we want to be in the Garden of Eden, but yet we did, our first parents did take it, and so God had to send his son to fix that original sin. Uh, and that's where the Christmas tree comes from. And so, then they eventually they started putting lights on it to symbolize Christ as the light of the world, and so on. Okay, so are you sure? Yes. Okay. All right, dear listener. I'm about... Father Dom says he's sure. I'm about 98% sure what I just said is true. I am 100% sure that what you just said you've read before whether or not it's true. I don't, I'm not saying that I don't know. What? I don't know anything other. I just, I think, feel like it wasn't a thing, though, until relatively recently. Like, the Christmas tree, I don't think, was, it's not like an ancient tradition, especially like, I'll say this, in the home, the Christmas tree. Well, it was a pagan tradition. Yeah, why wouldn't you say it's ancient? I just don't think that Houses could actually have trees in them for most of human history. They they would they have been a big. lot they would have been a lot shorter in the ancient world. People, do you know what old old houses looked like? They were teeny. I don't think we were putting well, the trees. Well, the original trees were teeny too. Okay, all right, okay. That's where the first tree was Tiny Tim. So <laughs> <laughs> they made his crutch. It was Charlie Brown's tree. Charlie Brown tree. Right. The first Christmas tree. <laughs> any hobble in all of Europe. I'm 98% sure that I am, am, I read that correctly. But it is cool, though, that they used to put candles on the tree. I mean, it, it's very dangerous. And I'm sure there, that only happened one, one winter. <laughs> <laughs> only one winter, I'm sure. No, that, I mean, that was how they did it. All right, so the last, Christmas in July, we're not going to explain that. Okay, the last <laughs> one, and there's also explain Christmas to toddlers, explain Christmas to a child. And this is kind of connected to a past podcast we did. Explain Christmas to an alien. And this kind of brings up what I ultimately want us to spend the majority of our time talking about. How, not an alien, okay, but, but in, in the vein of explain Christmas to an alien. If someone who has no idea what Christianity is, they've never heard of Jesus, they've never seen a Christmas tree or any Christmas tradition, and they're like, they come into your house and they see the, the tree and they see the little statues and they, all the stuff. And they're like, what are these odd decorations in your home? How would we explain Christmas to them? I would say, um, 
I'm going to show you a movie, and I'll put on a Christmas story, and then I would just let him watch. failed. Oh, darn it. Okay. Uh, no. There's this kid named Ralphie, <laughs> and he really wants a gun. <laughs> BB what? Gun. It's a BB gun. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, come Don't on. lose your shirt. Come on. This is... He really wants a BB gun, and everyone tells him he'll shoot you right out. At least I would almost want to just start with the brokenness of humanity and how obvious sin is in the world and that we needed something to redeem us. But I, I don't know. How, how would you, to somebody who never even heard of anything, what, where do you start? I think this is evangelization. And this, this, is our is, big, this is our big, this is our big topic this right is. now. And increasingly in the world, people, it's not even, there is the hostility to the faith, like I'm not going to downplay that, but increasingly it's just that the faith is not even acknowledged. There, you turn on, there is no one praying on, on right. me in the media. There's well, no those places are saying happy holidays, I'm not even saying Christmas anymore. Right, like we are draining religion out. So with someone who has not even encountered these things, where do you, where do you start as, as a person who's called to evangelize? And with a Christmas tree. I think I would start... I, I, I would start with the philosophical question of why do you exist? Mm -hmm. And ultimately then that would lead to, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, here's why you exist. Someone created everything and we don't know why, right? Let's Big Bang all the way to the Big Bang. Why? I don't know. I know because there's a supreme being outside of space and time that created everything so that the created things could love that being in return but we've also left out an important part if this creator is in fact a creator they must be all good because only goodness can create evil destroys so the goodness the good being created so that we could do good things ultimately that love Love is the supreme good, love in return. And then, the best of their creation is us, humanity. And so, our humanity, when it was first made, was made very good, but then something happened, and we have a whole book written about this, and that I introduced it to the Bible. Something happened where the relationship was broken, and now we have people that make very poor decisions, often on purpose, sometimes on accident, all of us. Uh, and God, that supreme being, wanted to fix that broken relationship. And the only way that God could fix that relationship was uh, death entered in because of that, that, that first sin, that original sin. So God had to die. There had to be, you know, a, a tit for tat. Um, and so he didn't want any of his greatest creation to die so he sends himself in the form of his son let me ask and you that, I would kind of go from there I think uh, that's where uh, I think I think that's what I would go with right, and then the birth is very important hence Christmas well, the way that I've grown up and nostalgia and everything I think Christmas trees are beautiful I think they're just like arrested to see a tree inside a house with lights and ornaments, and I just think it's beautiful. 
I wonder what the alien would think. Would the alien think, well, that's a really beautiful thing inside of this person's house? Or would the alien think, what in the name of all that is holy is this person doing putting electric lights and weird trinkets on a tree and dragging it inside of his house? I don't, I don't know. What do, you, do you think that it is an intrinsically beautiful thing? I kind of do. I, I think it depends on the tree. <laughs> I mean, my tree is beautiful. I've seen some ugly Christmas trees. That's true. That's true. Um, but I have also been in people's homes where, and I don't think anyone's a parishioner here, so I'm okay saying this. <laughs> I have been in people's homes where they are just like so in love with their Christmas tree. They leave it up all year and then oh. change the ornaments to be seasonally appropriate. That's weird. So, like, more often than not in these people's homes, and generally when I've seen it, their Christmas ornaments come down and little hearts get hung on it for Valentine's Day. Dear listener. And then little shamrocks get hung on for St. Patrick's Day. Don't do it. And little Easter eggs for Easter. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, little umbrellas after Easter for just umbrellas. general, like, April, like, spring. Yeah. No, you're, you're kidding about the umbrellas. I kid you not. Oh my goodness. I kid you not. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, so like, but going back to, I do think- And that was weird. That was weird. That's what I'm getting at, because it was weird, because it was out of place. Yeah, it's dumb. It was no longer beautiful, it was really stupid, but I think it, yeah. So no, I don't think a Christmas tree in and of itself is intrinsically beautiful. So, you know, see, I kind of do. I kind of, I guess that's my point. Like, I would say, maybe that would be my first question. Like, what is that? And I said, like, well, do you think it's pretty? Do you think it's beautiful? Because I think that maybe use that as like a, a springboard. That why, why, why is there beauty? Why is there things that we long for, like this beautiful thing? And why, why do we, as a created being, why do we care about beauty? Right? It, it, beauty doesn't do anything. Right? It's not. It's not utilitarian in any way. I mean, it does do things, right? It moves us and it draws us to, to something higher. It draws us outside of ourselves. But that is, that is a, a metaphysical good. There's nothing utilitarian in a physical sense about beauty. And, and yet we crave it, right? We crave it. We long for it. And we're, we're wired. And something inside of us, right, is, is drawing us. And that's, I think it's like, that is the, the foretaste of what we're destined for. And that's what Christmas is about. It's about, here's beauty in this earthly, physical, small sense, but it's all beauty that's pointing towards what we want. Like, we, we crave beauty in this little sense, we get beauty in the big, unimaginably immense sense of heaven, and it's all because of Christmas. And that's why beauty pops up at this time of year, right? Like, it's, it's everywhere. Little decorations, little extra things. We ornament things. We, we, we put beautiful things all over the place that we put away in little cupboards and boxes for 11 months of the year. We put it away. And then for this one period, it explodes in this. Like, there's nothing like your house at Christmas. I mean, there shouldn't true. be anything like your house at Christmas. <coughs> That's I mean, true. I, I finally put the lights up on our tree, and my kids came down the stairs after we, they helped me, but then they came down. And and it, it, it's magical. Yeah. It's, a, it's beauty. And it, I don't know. That's, so maybe that's I would, where you would start with the alien. I would use beauty. And I would say, why do we care about beauty? 
and then I'd point to the manger and I'd say that's why. You know, I think you are on to something. Woohoo! Because and I but I don't know if you're gonna like this or not, but I think you're onto something because when rarely do. when I went to India and I saw the Taj Mahal, mm. that is beautiful. Right. And the guy who designed the Taj, it's not perfect. Not many people know about the Taj. So it's, it, from the outside looking at it, it looks perfectly symmetrical. Mm. And it looks that way until you go inside and you actually see, so the Taj Mahal is a tomb. So this king had this tomb built for his, him and his wife. And his wife died first. And it was a wedding gift to her, but she never saw it completed. Um, and she's buried in the middle, but she's buried off-center. So the whole Taj is, looks symmetrical until you come inside of it, and then where you would expect to find the sarcophagus right smack in the middle, it's off-center. Drives the OCD in me crazy. <laughs> but his reason for that it's because only God is perfect. And nothing we make on earth can be perfect. Only God is perfect. Yeah. So that was his way of making an imperfection. But it's beautiful, and it's all meant to lead you to God. Uh, the wrong God. But, right. you know what I mean? And that's then where we have to talk about Jesus. Yeah, and, I mean, but, you know, that's the thing, that right? Like, but, it's yes. an approximation. Like, this is, I say this Christmas tree that I'm looking at, yours is a beautiful Christmas tree, but it's artificial. Because um, <laughs> you don't find a nice tree like that on, a, on any lot. That is a perfect Christmas tree. No, it's not, because I don't smell it. I'll get air fresheners. Uh, I like that candle right there. You want to be able to tell the difference. That's yeah, not real. I don't, I, don't get to, I don't get to hear the crinkly sound of needles falling. Yeah, then there's nothing for Natasha to vacuum up. 23. Father That's Don, what we aim for. As soon as I start talking about his tree, all of a sudden it's over. Yeah, okay. we're done. And, dear listener, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.